Welcome to the Smart Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Hitchcock. I'm an entrepreneur, online influencer, strategy junkie, and spreadsheet ninja. Each week, you'll hear inspiring interviews and lead with actionable tips and strategies to help you work smarter and scale faster. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Smart Influencer Podcast. Today, we're talking with Sophia DeSantis of Veggies Don't Bite about the lessons that she's learned during her blogging career. Sophia talks about everything from blogger burnout to the resources that have helped her grow. Welcome to the podcast, Sophia. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm so excited to be talking with you today. I think we have some great information to share with everybody. But before we jump in, would you mind sharing a little bit of information about yourself and your business? Absolutely. Um, so I'm Sophia DeSantis. I run the website Veggies Don't Bite. Um, I am also a client-centered health coach and a meal systems expert, along with being a plant-based recipe creator. I focus on helping people feel empowered instead of overwhelmed when it comes to their overall health and wellness. I believe that food is one piece of that puzzle, but through my own journey and my husband's journey, I have realized that um, it's more than just about what you're putting into your body. I kind of come from a background of teaching. I was a teacher for 14 years and hold two different um, teaching credentials and a master's degree in education. So everything I kind of learned through my studies and my work experience as a teacher, I've taken um, to help me run this business here. And uh, I also have three kids that pretty much try and run my life. So there's that. <laughs> Don't they always? <laughs> Well, that's fantastic. So, I mean, you have quite the backstory there with a lot of, um, you know, family and nutritional stuff to share. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, how you got started in blogging and your kind of your influencer journey? Yes, absolutely. So after, well, I guess it really kind of goes way far back. Um, I, when my husband and I got married and kind of try, I, I, I would, I'd say tried loosely, but started thinking about having kids and not really, you know, trying, but not trying. Um, I got pregnant fairly quickly, but I um, had a miscarriage. And after that miscarriage, there was um, no sign of anything happening for about a year. And then we started at that point, um, our fertility journey. And we pretty much tried to have our first child for, I think it was like three years, maybe a little bit over more, um, more than that. We went through every fertility procedure you can think of, um, every, everything you can think of from acupuncture to, I went through holistic nutrition. Um, I finally was able to have a baby after my fourth round of in vitro fertilization. And that came after a six month bout with a holistic nutritionist who, um, and if you've, if you're listening and you've ever tried to have a baby and struggled, you, you know, the idea that you'll pretty much try anything under the sun at that point. Um, so when I started this holistic nutritionist, my husband called her my voodoo doctor because it was very Eastern medicine-y. It was very different. She did muscle response testing, had me on all these weird little supplements and, and it was something we, you know, questioned and poured money into, but we had spent so much. And, you know, again, when you're trying to have a baby, you'll do anything, but between my third round of in vitro fertilization and my fourth round that I took a break and did this, um, when I went back to round number four, my fertility doctors from the first moment that I got blood drawn, because when you go through in vitro, you at my clinic, you had to get your blood drawn and um, ovaries checked every two days. So from the first time he called me and he's like, something's different. And um, 
when I went into, so you could do all these things and then you go in and you get your eggs taken out of you through a surgical procedure um, so that they can be fertilized before they put them back in you. Well, my first three rounds of in vitro, um, egg quality was my problem. So that was, it was really me and my egg quality. Um, my first three rounds total, I got um, maybe seven, I think it's three, six, like seven eggs total within that first three rounds. And that is extremely low, like devastatingly low. And the babe, like the, um, when they, the eggs, when they fertilize them weren't quality eggs, like at all. Well, mm. the fourth round, my doctor literally left me on the operating table and went out to my husband in the waiting room and was like, holy crap, eggs are falling out of her. <laughs> and it was crazy. Like I remember waking up and my doctor being there and saying, I just want you to know that we got more eggs out of you than in all of your other rounds combined. I had 16 eggs and then they fertilized them. And I had five pretty decent baby, like um, fertilized eggs in there. And they're called blastocysts if we want to get scientific. -y. Um, but the blastocysts were actually quality and this had never happened to me before. So that was my first indication that food and you know health had to do with your, you know, the, the physical functioning of your body. Mm -hmm. And so that was back in, um, I finally got pregnant and, and had my son in 2010. Well, after, um, I had him two months, three months postpartum, um, I realized I was pregnant again <laughs> and we were like, Whoa, because we hadn't obviously like barely had even like done anything to try and get pregnant. I, we weren't even, we were done with kids. Honestly, we didn't even care. And it was a shock to us. So my first two kids are 15 months apart. Mm -hmm. And so it was a shock and stressful all at the same time, because it's like, we had a baby, we're having another baby. My husband had just started a job where he was traveling. Well, when I had my second child, my husband started, he, he had um, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, like all of his adult life. It runs in his family. Basically doctors were like, here's your meds. It's genetic. It is what it is. Well, um, I got to a point where my husband came to me and was like, I, I, I feel terrible. Like my meds aren't working. So he went to a new cardiologist and this new cardiologist says to him, Hey, I can find another med. We can increase your meds, but I do a lot of work with my patients through dietary changes. And if you're interested, here's a few documentaries, um, you know, no pressure, just let me know. And I remember the day I was, I was in bed still with my baby and my second son and my husband comes up to me and he goes, so this is what happened. Dr. Avalos, like mentioned this to me. I watched one of the documentaries and I really want to do this. And I looked at him and I laughed and I was like, hey, you're cute. You're Italian. You're going to go plant-based. Okay. <laughs> uh, and he looks at me in all seriousness. He goes, I feel like crap. I, 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 I you know, I don't have energy. I like, I need to make a change. And so I looked at him. I was like, all right, well, give me some time. I need to, cause I was clearly the cook of the family and we were healthy. I'm not to say like, we didn't eat healthy. Like we were healthy eaters, like whatever that means, you know, healthy is such a um, relative term to everybody, but right. we looked at ourselves as fairly healthy eaters. Um, I said, I just need to research. So I took the month of October to research and November 1st of 2012, we started a 21 day elimination diet is what we called it because um, 21 days to make a habit. And I wanted to see what we wanted to both see what it felt like and if it would make any change. So we pretty much eliminated gluten, dairy, um, gluten, dairy, meat, 
all animal products, sugar, caffeine, and alcohol for 21 days. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had a really hard time postpartum. I think a lot of it had to do with all the hormones I put in myself when I was getting, you know, pregnant, but postpartum was a huge struggle for me. Um, with my first two tremendously and my third one, not as bad, surprisingly enough. Um, but after that 21 days, we actually both felt really, really good. But because we both have anxiety kind of personalities, we decided that this definitely was something we wanted to do in our life is change our diet. But we had to go into it with kind of like, you know, with not a lot of stress over it, because stress is part of the problem we had to begin with. Um, so we basically that was it, we kind of started changing our diet people, I had to, you know, recreate all our favorite things so that mm -hmm. he could eat them. Um, I am a science nerd. I have a science background. My dad's a scientist, um, very math and science oriented. However, I'm also extremely creative. So um, both sides of my brains are very active, which is not super common. Um, but I love both. And really creating a recipe is a perfect combination of creativity and science, especially when you're using no gluten, when you're, um, you know, no animal products. And that's kind of how my, my blog started is everyone was like, you should write a blog. And I have to tell you that I hated writing my entire life. Like writing is not my thing. I don't enjoy it. I was like, yeah, right. No way. Well, I decided to do it anyway. Um, and at first it was just this side thing. And then slowly it started earning a little bit of money and now it's my full blown business. Isn't that um, fantastic? Yeah. And so now I've like, I'm now a certified health coach and I use my education background in, you know, my knowledge about health and wellness and our experience to pretty much help people understand that they can make changes, but those changes, A, have to come from your own values, whatever those are, um, not the, the food world or what people tell you. And B, it has to be done slowly for lifelong success. Because mm -hmm. when I was teaching children with learning disabilities, it was, I one of the things you learn is how to create these goals for these kids that are small attainable goals. Because if you don't feel success, you feel disappointment and you're not going to have the um, power and the empowerment and the drive to move forward. If you don't have those goals, small steps, at least. Oh, that makes total sense. So overall though, what do you feel has caused your business to grow? And this can be more than one thing. I mean, it's so many of us, we, we look back at the lessons we've learned along the way and, um, you know, we can identify several things, you know, cause they say hindsight's 2020, right? Yep. So what do you feel? Uh, well, so when I first started, it really was just like a little side thing. And I think part of my step into the online food world was partially was um, just kind of luck because I started connecting with a few girls through a Facebook group that I found that happened to be local. And some of them had some pretty big names in the whole vegan niche. And we did a meetup. Um, we did a few actual meetups um, in the LA area. And then one of them was we met up and went to the um, Natural Products Expo, which um, is now obviously not happening because of every other expo. And when I went to that expo, I was introduced to some of their connections with brands. And mm -hmm. so I was, when I was introduced to them through them, I got a kind of connection with brands early on. And so I was starting to get a few brand jobs. Um, and I was like, wow, you can make money from this. This is so cool. And I actually really enjoyed creating with products. And so um, I got a connection into that early when I was making some side money, but it was still definitely just a side business. It wasn't even a real business um, at that point. Um, 
it was like a side hobby that made me some money. And then I got pregnant accidentally with my third child because we were done after two. Um, But apparently we weren't. So (laughs) I had this third random bonus baby. And um, at that point, I had just finished writing a cookbook, which was another, I don't know how it happened. Publisher found me, asked me if I wanted to write a book. My first instinct was absolutely not. I have no desire to put that time and effort into that. And my husband was like, you're crazy. You're writing a book. And (laughs) if I have to take the kids every single weekend for six months for you to do it, you absolutely are. So I had just published a book, which if anyone is out there feeling like, oh my God, I want to write a book. I want to write a book. I'm going to be cutthroat and let you know that until you're prepared to let go of every other aspect in your life, don't do it because it is a lot of time, if it wasn't for my husband, there's no way I would have gotten it done. Um, and it's a lot of effort. And I photographed my book as well. So that was part of it is that that was a lot. Um, and I'm glad I did it. I didn't do it to make money. I didn't do it to become famous. I didn't do it to get a name for myself. I did it really just to say, because I was turning 40 that later that year. So I did it to say I did something big before I turned 40. Um, and I'm glad I did it. Will I do another one? I don't know. Like at this point, at in this moment, no. Right. Um, but I just finished writing that book and I was burnt out. So I really took a step back. My family um, is from Greece. I'm first generation. And so that summer we had a huge uh, trip to Greece family. We, we go for like over a month. And I took that month basically off to just kind of reset and enjoy life. And throughout that time away, I came back in August and I was like, I missed it. I wanted to go back. I'm like, I really wanted, cause my third son was starting preschool two days a week. And my husband said, well, what do you want to do? You know, like, what, do, what do you want to do? You could just do nothing and just, you know, stay home and do everything you're doing as a mom. You're a wonderful mom. You absolutely can do that. But he knows me and he knows that I get antsy. I can't, um, I have to have something for myself. Mm-hmm. And he said, I, I know you, but what do you want to do? Do you want to work on this business? Do you want to find something else? And I said, I think I want to work on this business. And so, but I said, I know I have weaknesses. I went online. And the first thing I said was, I need to think about what my weaknesses are. And I need to hire somebody to help because I can't like, and the big thing was the tech. The tech was spending me a lot of time when a plugin didn't work or my website, I, I didn't know what to do. So I found a tech person who I use NerdPress. Um, Andrew is amazing. Um, he's definitely um, not cheap, but I will tell you, he is some of the, I have a few people in my business now that are the best money I've ever spent. And he is one of them. He has kept me afloat. He took that off my plate and it completely cleared every tech stress ever. So now he catches the problems before they're even a problem. Um, I I'm obsessed. He's amazing. Um, he's definitely never going away from my business. Um, we actually have so, a podcast episode with Andrew coming up. So oh, or, that we've recorded. So we, we will link to that um, in the show notes. So yes, everybody can hear that. Andrew is fantastic. He's fantastic. And I just, so that is the first thing I did is I went, cause I went onto a Facebook group and I searched like tech support and his name came up. Well, while I was searching that t- um, group, Uh, a name came up about working with brands, pitching brands. And I really enjoyed working with brands. And that name was Jenny Melrose, um, who, you know, and I I saw this girl, 
Jenny Melrose pitching brands. And I went to her website and I saw that she has this, had this product at the time it was called pitch perfect pro. I know he's just kind of changing things a little bit about around about that, but, um, it was a pitching course. And I was like, man, you know, it said, she, you know, her course is about increasing your revenue. I think it was like make three times more. And I was like, it was all about, you know, pitching yourself as a business owner or whatever. And I was like, I need that. Like, this is something I need. So I actually, it was like one o'clock in the morning. Cause this is what happens to me is like, I get in this and I sent Jenny a, an email and it was like full of blubbering, like, you know, this is my business and it wasn't really a business. And then I wrote a book and I was burnt out and I took time off. And I think I want to make this a business now. And I like working with brands and I saw this and I don't know. And I literally emailed her and I said to myself, like, this girl's going to think I am crazy. <laughs> and I was like, she's probably never going to email me back. So I was like, whatever. So I woke up the next morning and I had an email back from her and it was like, uh, you know, it spiraled from there. And she was just someone I connected with right away. Um, I bought her course with the highest tier at the time, which was gold. And it included some coaching calls. And um, I have been with her since then. I now coach with her one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I've done her masterminds. And she is, I can tell you that she is the pivot of what turned my business into a side thing that earned me some money into a full-blown business. Mm -hmm. And she has helped me. And honestly, like she's a good friend of mine and she like can tell you, like she can pick me up off the ground when I'm like, this sucks. Everything sucks. Nothing's going right <laughs> and help me. And since then, I mean, I've created products. I have worked with clients. I, you know, like just all the things. And I'm not to say that I'm top of my game because right now in this moment in time, I actually feel a little bit at the bottom of the roller coaster. Um, I'm just kind of a little bit discouraged. I took some time off to um, really study and um, get licensed to be a health coach. Although in California, you don't really need a license. I love learning and I wanted, I mean, why not? I've got two credentials, a master's degree. I might as well have another license, right? Um, <laughs> it just helps me feel more official. Um, it doesn't really change what I do, but I really enjoyed actually learning and doing it. Um, I They told me to just take the test because of all my education already, but I actually ended up buying the coursework and reading it because I just love to learn and it really resonated with me a lot of it. Um, so it was really neat. So I took a lot of time off to do that. And so she's just, I just had a call with her and she's going to laugh if she ever listens to this podcast. Cause she's like, hello, you took like a month and a half off. Of course. Like <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have a whole team of people that I work with now and it is a roller coaster of, you know, it's a business. that's a roller coaster. It mm -hmm. really is. But through this last year of having my kids home, there is no way my husband works full time, you know, in the house. Um, now he used to travel every single week, but now he's, you know, at home still, but there's no way I could have done anything but what I do because mm -hmm. it allowed me the flexibility to have my kids and focus on my kids. Cause that's what we've needed. And also do this by, I had to hire out some people, which means spending more money, but it was either that or hire out to watch, to help my kids with school. And as an education specialist and licensed teacher, there's no way I was going to hire a teacher to teach my kids, you know? So <laughs> I hired somebody to help with my business. Um, but yeah, that's like, honestly, it was hiring the right person to help my mindset switch into treating it like a business. Yeah. And I think that that is truly pivotal. I mean, that really helped me in growing my business as well. Like I can pinpoint the exact moments when like 
key switches were flipped in my brain, you yeah. know, like the decision I, when I made the decision to leave my full-time job and become a full-time influencer, like I know right when that switch flipped, right. When I thought, you know, like I can do something with this business, I can pinpoint when that switch flipped. So it's, you know, when you can look back on it and identify those moments, it comes down to, um, somebody is getting inside of your head and kind of cutting through all the garbage that that mental garbage that we put yes. in there for ourselves. Right. And that's the thing is people don't realize that like, when I was a teacher, I went to credential school, I went to college and my, you know, graduate school and got my master's degree. There is something that takes you through the process when you start your own business, especially in the online world, there is no like college, you know, there's no th- you know, and so people are like, oh, I don't have the money to hire a coach. And it's like, well, if you w- were going to go become a nutritionist, like you'd have to spend money to go to school. And right. that's the way I looked at it. And my husband actually, who's in finance and, you know, he's like this when it comes to our finances, he's the one that's like, you have to do it because you have to invest mm-hmm. in getting better. And that's the thing. And like, it's always a, you have to think about it as a business and you're not going to grow if you don't know what you're doing. And sometimes that outside person is so important, you know, to help with looking at your business through a lens. That's not your own personal baby, you know? Yeah. It's funny in my previous life, I, um, we used to work with entrepreneurs and helping them with their business plans and such. And that was one thing I would always be telling entrepreneurs, you have to spend money to make money. You have to do it. Like you have to invest back into your business. It's not like every little bit of profit that comes out of there goes into your pocket. You have to turn around and reinvest. That's the only way you're going to grow. And the same is true with, you know, an if you want to have a business as an influencer, you have to figure out where you need to invest that money back into your business in order for it to grow. Yeah, totally. And, you know, and you have to, you also have to have somebody there that like can help introduce you to new things. I mean, there's things that I, people that I have that I work with right now that there's no way I would have even known to hire somebody for that if it wasn't Mm -hmm. for having a coach that knew about these things. So yeah. And then as an influencer, it can be very isolating. You know, you're, you're stuck behind your computer all the time. It's just you in your own head, you know, working mm-hmm. away. And I think ha- making those connections where you can actually, you know, talk with somebody like not chat, not online chat, but actually talk with people and connect. And even if it is over zoom, making, you know, making eye contact and feeling like you're truly connected, that can really help you, you know, push through some of the, um, you know, the hurdles that you hit and just being able to bounce ideas off of people. I mean, I found that to be hugely, um, important in my business. Totally. Well, and also on, on that note, you know, when I first started, I, I was part of these, um, food blogger, Facebook groups. And I have to say, I, that's actually Jenny will say, if you ever ask her about that, she would say that that's one of the things I said to her when she first told me she had um, this course or whatever. And then also it came with this Facebook group. My first response was, I'm good. I don't do Facebook groups anymore because what I saw online in a lot of these groups is so competitive. It is so like there's women that, I mean, it's just so negative. It's such a negative space. And I had met a few people that I connected with and, you know, we had, con- we connected like outside of those groups. And I just, overall, I felt so many of them were negative. And the first thing she said to me was, this is different. This is a private yeah. group. I don't put up with that BS. And I have to say that it's so true. Her group is such the opposite of everything. And I, it restored my faith in humanity online because 
I was like, I don't know. I just, while I'm competitive when it comes to like, I played sports and things like that. And I'm really competitive with myself when it comes to business. Like, why would you want another woman to fail just so you can succeed? And it's like, there's millions and millions and millions and millions of people in the world. Like you think that, and, and, and that's the one thing she taught me too, is that I'm not going to be the right person for everybody. And that's actually a good thing. Cause when you're not the right person for everybody, that means that you have zoned in on the type of person, the type of client that type of audience that you need for yourself. And Mm -hmm. that's why, you know, even if somebody does the exact same thing, like I'm actually, um, I don't know if you're on clubhouse yet, but I do a regular talk on clubhouse with a fellow food blogger. Her name's Stephanie Dreyer. And we just started doing this, um, chat about plant-based for parents. And, um, we both do, uh, I'm, we both do meal. She does like batch cooking, meal planning, and I do meal systems. I don't call it planning. Um, I believe a system is just a better name for it. Um, and I have my reasoning, but we both do something similar. And the first thing, when we talked about doing this together, she brought up was like, is it a problem for you that we both do something similar? And my instinct reaction was absolutely not because my way and your way are going to attract different people. And it actually might even attract the same person that uses both. Like how many times do you go somewhere and just because you shop at Nordstrom doesn't mean you can't shop at H&M or Anthropology. Like you, you know, doing, you don't have to have one thing, you know, one person isn't going to be a hundred percent with you all the time. And that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, that's it. You're absolutely right. I mean, like our whole lives are built around having that variety and, you know, building our lives off of that variety. Um, you know, and it's so important. I think one of the points that that you've mentioned, and you've kind of alluded to it a couple of times, um, as you were uh, talking is the importance of having a niche in your business. And it sounds like you are really honed in on what your niche is and you're true to that. And I think that's so important because so many times we see influencers who are just starting out trying to be all things to all people. And I yes. love that point that you made that it's okay if you are not right for everyone, because that is just actually defining who your target market is. I mean, I think right. that is super important. And that is one thing I would definitely say, if you're starting out, find that little corner and, and that's unique and go with it. Even if that means you have 200 followers, because Mm -hmm. those 200 followers are going to be fully invested in that unique corner. And if you try and be everything for everybody, you're going to have some people that kind of float by, but no one's going to really connect with you because people connect with what, you know, they truly believe in. And that was like, for me, when I first started in this whole plant-based vegan world, um, I always say, I felt like the odd man out from the very beginning, because that world in general is very black and white. It's very all or nothing. It's very, you do it or you don't. And if you don't, you're an a-hole. Like it's very much, you know, so much of it is a bullying, um, fear-mongering mentality. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't believe in that. And honestly, I didn't really speak up about that until I met Jenny and she helped me realize like, this is who I am. And my niche is breaking the barriers of plant-based eating to where it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You don't have to be plant-based to eat plants in your life because the bottom line is that eating more plants is more nutrients for your body, which is good for your body, which gives your body the energy it needs to be successful in life. But that doesn't mean that that's all you have to eat. It's just adding more 
and incorporating more because most of the people in this country don't do that. They don't know how to incorporate more in a way that actually satisfies them. Mm -hmm. So that is what I like to do. And my big thing was I actually, I call it my coming out party. I did an Instagram live um, not that long after I met Jenny, where I basically talked about how we're not vegan. We aren't um, 100% plant-based. Like we eat plant-based at home for my husband's health because he has a legit condition that he cannot eat meat. He sometimes the dairy is the one thing that he will kind of like eat every once in a while, um, eggs every once in a while, but like meat, he doesn't like he might eat fish once in a blue moon, but he just, his body can't do it. You know, it makes him sick. So I basically said, but like the rest of us, like we are not hundred percent because anxiety to me, having to be something hundred percent takes my stress level through the roof. Like I right. can't just the thought of it makes my heart powder. And I had people coming to me and sending me DMs, thanking me for permission to not have to be 100%. I had a woman who messaged me that said, thank you so much for this. Um, I would bring a suitcase of food on our vacations to make sure that we were 100% following what we should be. And I was like, oh my Lord, like what? <laughs> That's commitment. What? Well, it's commitment. And look, if that's, if you're a hundred percent vegan, because veganism is like more of a lifestyle and it's an ethical perspective to it, which I fully respect. And if that's you, maybe not doing that brings you stress. It, it's all relative, mm -hmm. but that wasn't me. And that wasn't my niche. And so have I lost followers for sure? Do I have people that probably don't want to you know, I had someone make a comment on a recipe the other day where I, it's my cabbage salad recipe, one of my most popular recipes, believe it or not, so random. It was like a random creation that I didn't even plan for. Um, it's this Mexican cabbage salad. And I talk about in the recipe, like you use cabbage. And I said, or you can buy the prepackaged, pre-shredded cabbage to make it really fast because that's what I buy at Trader Joe's. I'd say 80% of the time, unless right. I get a cabbage in my farm box. And then I take time to shred it. Cause I got three kids and this is life. And I had somebody complain about the plastic use. Okay. I get it. But my response was, look, I'm not going to shame anybody for doing things to make their life easier. Okay. Like that's just where I stand. And somebody just commented last week. Well, it sounds like you don't care about the world and you need to tell us what you do in your life to counteract the plastic bags that you use in your cabbage. And my response was, I don't need to defend myself to anybody. Cause they said, well, if that's, if you won't do that, then this isn't an ethical site and I will not follow it. And I said, I don't defend myself to anybody. If you don't want to follow my site, you're not my people. Bye-bye. And that's my response because it's like, no, I am not, I am yeah. not there to please everybody. And I get the ecological perspective. I'm not stupid. I'm a smart person, but you know, what also matters is me and my sanity. And sometimes I will use the pre-baggage, pre-bag cabbage. And you know what, that mom that reads that line that sees that permission to use that pre bagged lettuce or whatever, to feed her family plants and vitamins and minerals and nutrition and make it easier. I just helped them and their health. So yeah. And it's understanding that and it's okay. And people can be mean online and they probably uh, yeah. would not have said that to your face 100%. if they were just to see you in Trader Joe's buying the bagged cabbage versus an actual head of cabbage. They never would have said that to your face, but everybody, you know, it's, it's online. People take more liberties than they would in um, person. Yes. 
So you have to have a thick skin, I think, to be an influencer and be able to handle those negative comments, whether it's on a social account or a comment on your blog and just, you know, be prepared on how you're going to respond to that in, um, a kind way with that's a hundred percent. You know what? That is the second thing I would tell people that are starting is that, um, you conduct yourself in the way you want people to look at you. If you're Mm -hmm. going to with anybody, with business brands, you work with, with people online, you want to, you represent your business. And uh, I mean, another story is I had a comment because one of the things that Jenny taught me was, and what's important to me is communicating with my audience. And that's another thing is going on and dropping things online and expecting people to just come to you isn't going to happen. You have to reach out. You have to make yourself available to communicate and connect with your audience. And one mm-hmm. of those things, one of the ways I do this is through direct messages on Instagram and it does take time. But I, every time I put a recipe um, on my a, a recipe post in my um, feed, I always say like, drop me an emoji so I can send you the recipe. I say that because I want to connect with each and every person in my DMs because I want to say, hey, let me know if you try it. And half the people that I say that to, they come back and they do tell me. And then I say, oh my gosh, what did you like about it? And I connect with them. And then I say, hey, can you leave a comment, a rate and review on my website too? Because then they get to do that. And it just connects me with people. And I had this woman, not even kidding you, put on there how I'm, how like just derailing me about why I asked them to do that. And why don't I just put the link like every other blogger out there and all this stuff. You know what I did? I snapshotted her comment. I put it in my Instagram stories and I explained why I do that. And number two, how I don't put up with rudeness. So if you're going to be rude, I'm going to out you. And I totally, she never responded. I mean, I responded (laughs) to her on the, on the um, post and I put it in my Instagram stories. And so many people were like, oh, I wondered why you did that. I love that. You know, so, so many people were able to connect with the reasoning and also say, that's really cool that you actually want to connect with us. It made people Mm -hmm. feel special. Right. And I mean, it's so easy to just, we expect so much in today's society, right? We have access to so much information. We want to scroll and we want that quick information. But I think sometimes people forget that there's a person behind you know, everything that we see online, like somebody has actually created that and somebody has spent time, you know, and money and resources and, you know, put their heart and soul into the content that they're creating that everybody wants instant access to for free without having the hassle of scrolling past an ad or two to get to it, you know, and it's, it's a very hard thing to navigate. And it's funny, my husband gets the brunt of it because as I'm responding to comments, he gets my real answer that comes out of my mouth. Right. Well, <laughs> and, and then that's I, okay too. Yeah. And that's okay. I mean, that's yeah. why we have influencer friends and people that we could actually say what we really think, but we also tame ourselves to what we say online because yeah. it's true. Like nobody, it, this, especially this last year has made people so brave and honestly has socially created these like, like, you just in everything in the world, like online, I don't even go online for personal anymore. Like I drop like pictures of my kids because I have family in Greece that I still communicate with, you know, through Facebook, but I can't scroll anymore. It is mm-hmm. so it disgusts me the way people treat each other. And mm-hmm. that's why I out people because I'm like, no, you need to be shown that the lack of respect for just humanity and for, yeah, I'm sorry. I created this for you to use for free, by the way, 
let's remember that. Like, this is for free for you. I'm not asking you to pay me. You don't get to tell me how I do something. This is my website. And if you would like to create your own website and your own social media page and do it your way, go for it. But Mm -hmm. this is mine. And, you know, and I had a woman tell me once on an Instagram live that I, um, she felt sorry for my children uh, because I had my kids on there. And one of my sons was being a jerk. And so on Instagram live, I reprimanded him because I'm like, he, I don't take that. Like I demand respect for my kids and I teach my kids respect. And she told me I was a militant mother. She feels sorry for my children and those poor children that to have such a terrible mother. And I was like, no, I'm sorry if, wow. I mean, I basically was like, um, no, actually that's not why I did it. I did it because my son was being disrespectful on live TV and I wasn't going to take that. I don't care if we were on live TV. He was five, you know, like he needs to know how you behave and how you don't. Right. People are brave. Like there's no way someone would have come up to me in real life and said that. Yeah. And I think that that's just a reality we have anymore. Um, Everybody can hide, you know, people can hide behind their keyboards and say whatever it is that pops into their head. And as influencers, we just have to, you know, it's one of those things you have to go in with a plan of how you're going to deal with that. So you're not taken off guard yes. or having that bad day when you actually type what you're thinking first and not giving it a moment. Um, one of my bosses years ago had said, gave me a piece of advice. She's like, you write that email and then you put it aside and then you go back tomorrow and you do yeah. it again. Because you just, you, you can calm yourself down and maybe soften it a little bit. So it's not because it lives forever online. Yes, and I know myself, I don't want to stoop to somebody else's level. So I always try no, to hundred percent. Yeah, it's really, and it's important. If you do decide to do a business online, you have to remember that, um, cause there's another influencer that, um, I've known like on through the online space, like we're not friends or anything, but I've seen, um, how she responds to things um, and her reaction to things in both the Facebook groups and online space. And I cringe and I'm like, Ooh, like, I don't know. I mean, and what's interesting is that long, long time ago, there was a brand that was working with me and working with her. And um, the brand sent a group email about something and her response back was so disrespectful to this brand. They had made a mistake and apologized. Oh, I'm sorry. I accidentally tagged the wrong. I don't know. It was something silly. Like who cares? You know, whatever. She was so disrespectful back. I literally cringed and that brand responded to me and basically said, um, they've kicked her off the job. And would Mm -hmm. I like to do the second or something like that? And I'm like, yep. I just, I mean, it was, you do people, and especially when I work with brands, they, all these PR people know each other, they talk. So if you're a jerk, they're not going to pass your name on to anybody. Yeah. It's funny because I gave a a talk to some college students a few months ago, and this was part of my discussion to them. Like if you are thinking about becoming an influencer, whether it's a blog, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, whatever it is, you need to think about how your online, your whole online persona is, and not just your brand because you are your brand. So like I, as much as I want to never say anything negative on my own personal social media accounts, because 
no matter, I don't care how private it is. People can screenshot and share and everything else. I don't want to lose jobs because I had a bad day and ranted about something and, you know, just kind of was not my normal self online. And I said that to them. I'm like, you need to be careful what you post on your, your personal page because these, these brands will see that. And I don't want that to get out and, you know, ruin a chance for me to work with somebody. Well, and also like, I also think that like, yeah, you have to be careful, but you also have to sit back and think, is there something that I am passionate about? And I do believe is an essence of me that I actually don't mind posting if it's controversial because I will stand for that and I will back that up. And it's okay if I lose that job or lose that client, because this is more important to me. Right. If it doesn't align with your values Yes. then absolutely. I'm not saying, you know, hide your values, but definitely, totally. you know, stay true to yourself. But I mean, I'm talking about, you Watch know, somebody, yeah, somebody messes up your order, you know, at Dunkin' and oh, yeah. you go off on a rant about this local business or whatever. And I'm, I'm never right. going to go there again, blah, blah, blah. Now another brand may see that you are bashing yes. this brand well, on your personal page. And now they don't want to work with somebody like that. Cause what are you saying about them? Well, and even just in personal life, like I had a friend once that um, there was a group of us, um, it was like a long time ago, mom group or whatever, that we would go out and this woman, every time we went out, she treated the wait staff so rudely, like they worked for her, like, oh, this. And, and honestly, I couldn't go out with her anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, the rest of us would leave extra tips for them because we felt so oh. bad. Yeah. And it was just one of these things that it just goes back to just humanity and respect. And, and the idea that you don't know everybody's story, you don't know if that day somebody was rude to you because they lost their brother. Mm-hmm. You don't know if that day someone was rude to you because they're going through a divorce. Like everybody has a story and yeah, there's some people out there that are just jerks. Like they're just are, but I really just kind of believe that most people might just be having a bad day. Yeah. Um, might be going through a rough period in, in, in their life. Like right now, especially like so many of us have been through the ringer for so many, so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just one of those things that it, it's important to take a step back out of the situation and ask yourself, why could they maybe be behaving this way? Like, right. I don't know. I just, I just have, I've been through a lot in my life and, um, I just feel like I know what it's like to be in a really bad, dark place. And it's just, you don't know if that person's going through that, going Mm -hmm. through, you know, their own dark place. And, you know, other than being a straight up total, like horrible jerk, rudeness sometimes. And I have actually turned people around online, especially when I've responded in kindness and responded out of a place of, "Hmm, I wonder if they're having a bad day. I have turned people around and apologize and say, I'm sorry, you know, thanks so much for, you know, being patient with me and for answering. I mean, I have had that. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I think most people, when you approach things out of a place of kindness, um, it just, it does make them kind of, it kind of like derails them a little bit. Right. Right. 
I think this is a great discussion. I mean, so many of the things you've mentioned today are like the lessons that nobody tells you about when starting a business, right? We all hear SEO is important. You need to, you know, be on social media. You need to do X, Y, and Z. You have to have the right hosting, but nobody ever says, you know, have that canned response for when somebody is negative to you online and make sure you're prepared for this. I mean, all the different lessons, you know, even as far as niching down, I mean, so important, so important. And people don't always tell you that, you know, when you're getting started in the business and these are the things you have to learn the hard way. And often you learn them just by doing them and messing up and somebody calling you out. So it's great that you're sharing this with with everybody today. Um, Well, I've appreciated it. Yeah, that's great. Now uh, you have um, a podcast also, right? I do. I have a podcast. It's called Real Food, Real Conversations. And it's basically a place where I break through um, the barriers of the plant-based world and kind of share that um, controversial topics, like say all the things that might trigger people in an online space um, in my podcast. And my ultimate theme is finding salad, uh, sorry, salad, finding the balance between salad and fries. That's kind of my theme. Like there is a balance. There doesn't have to be black and white. There is an in-between. Oh, that's great. And we will include a link to Sophia's podcast in the show notes. Um, You also have a great um, freebie for everybody. You want to tell us a little bit about that? I do. I have a great freebie. So um, in my work um, as a health coach, like I, and being an education um, specialist, I believe in um, building those, that strong foundation when it comes to taking control of your health. And one of the things that you need in order to have a strong foundation is you need to understand how to choose food at the grocery store that is best and aligns with what your goals are. Um, so my freebie is all about reading ingredient and food labels and mm-hmm. understanding what they mean, because so many of us look at the marketing out front and don't turn it around and actually truly see what's inside. And the front of a package doesn't really tell you much because they can make a lot of claims that aren't necessarily true. Um, for example, trans fat free, um, they actually legally do not have to say that it has trans fats if it's 0.5 grams or less in the serving. So what some marketers will do is make the serving size super small so that it doesn't have that um, label of trans fat. But if you turn it around, if you look at the ingredients, um, it, it says hydrogenated oil, that is actually trans fat. So they have to list what it is on the ingredients. They don't have to list it anywhere else. So Mm -hmm. um, it's a guide all about going from the food layer, from the top down, from the servings, all the way down to like what all those nutrients mean, um, reading those ingredients, tips on how to read the ingredient label um, to understand what, you know, the order means and all that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah. And so that's a free little guide that um, I give out to people to help kind of start them on their journey of being able to make educated um, choices. Well, that's fantastic. And we will definitely include a link to that as well in the show notes. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your insights with us today, Sophia. If someone wants to get in touch with you, what is the best way to reach out to you? Um, you know, I am on my um, my Instagram account all the time. It's veggies don't bite on Instagram. I answer all my DMs. Um, and I'm also, you know, if you want to see my crazy life, you can watch my stories. It's a little bit of... Um, <laughs> my business stuff and a little bit of my kid crazy. Um, and it's pretty comical most of the time. Um, and I'm also at my email, Sophia at veggies And I answer all my emails. I'm on my website. Um, you can leave comments there. I'm on Facebook, but Facebook I'm not on as like, you know, as often as I have a assistant who does like most of my stuff on Facebook, but I'm, I'm on there, you know, here and there. Um, but yeah, 
I mean, Instagram's probably the quickest response you'll get. The quickest. I, I guess that based on what you had said in your previous uh, discussion about how you're so responsive to your Instagram DMs. Yeah. But we will definitely include links to all of those in the show notes. You guys can find that there and reach out to Sophia directly through those links. Um, so thank you so much for taking time out of your day today to share your insights with us and, and, you know, your smart insights on how you've grown your business from hobby into full-time income and entrepreneur. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I so appreciated it. It was a lot of fun chatting. (laughs) Thank you. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Sophia DeSantis. Don't forget to grab the freebie from this episode. It's Sophia's free guide for reading food labels. I provided the link in the show notes along with the links to everything else that we talked about today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave a review on your favorite podcasting app. Pretty, pretty please. This will help me so much and make sure that you hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. Now go make today great. Thanks for listening to the Smart Influencer Podcast with Christina Hitchcock at christina-hitchcock.com. 